You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Allie Bunker. Hello and welcome to another episode of The People's Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Allie Bunker, as always. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by Aiden Bugger. Aiden, how are you? What's good? What's popping? What's popping? Yeah. Uh, not a lot. No pops. Nothing to pop about. Fair. How are you? You alright? Alright, yeah. Feeling nimble. <laughs> nimble? Started my new cycle of Celtic Warrior workouts, you oh, see. Lovely, I see. Make us all feel bad. Did Daniel Bryan's mobility, uh, or yes, movement workout today. Um, so yeah, my, my hips are open and it's Brilliant. good. Your hips are open. Mm-hmm. Nice to know. Um, Matt, how are your hips? Are they open? No. No. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know, it just sounds wrong. <laughs> it doesn't sound like great. How are you doing, mate? You alright? I'm good. Fill us in on what you were doing last Wednesday. Oh, I met my actual hero in Brown. Nice. This was a this was a um what's the company that Kenny does? What's Inside the ropes. Inside the ropes, that's the one. Inside the ropes sort of Q and A meet and greet, wasn't it? Down in London on Wednesday, and it was uh, you got some autographs and some photos and some pretty good um, opportunities to meet Bret Hart by sounds of things. It was an amazing night, and they do say never meet your heroes, but if anyone ever gets a chance to meet Bret Hart, I would fully recommend it. So he's not what a nice person. He's is. not bitter and twisted like a lot of people say. No, he's not. He really isn't. He's just got a lot of time for the industry, and the industry did shit all over him yeah so you can understand why he's a little bit yeah. scarred from it all you could understand and it's the fact that he never really wanted to leave WWF back in the day in the first place and he was kind of forced to for money reasons and then, as he said he went to the WCW and there were a bunch of fucking clowns <laughs> is that yeah. how he described it yeah, a bunch of fucking clowns that were uh, pulling the strings. Nice. That's no, probably accurate, especially about at that time. Yeah. A jumped up stereo uh, steroid taking uh, non wrestler, as he said. Is that uh, Goldberg he's talking to? That was Hulk Hogan. Oh, Hulk Hogan. No, that was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> non wrestler. I mean, Hulk could, Hulk could be wrestling a long time at that point. <laughs> You're going to get Team Hogan versus Team Brett at the next Audi show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, this is what Brett's playing for. He's, he's angling for a Saudi paycheck. It's all the work, brother. <laughs> no, he did say, he said, if someone offered me three million to go over there, he said, I, I would do it. He would. That's fair, I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Not that anyone wants to see me. But... Yeah. Brett versus Sean. And crown jewel next year. That's what we all want, right? Mm, I'll pass. <laughs> I think um, it'd be better than uh, than Goldberg. Goldberg, but... Undertaker, yeah, probably. Um, right then. So, speaking of crown jewel, crown jewel is coming up this week, and as is usual around this time of year, there's a bit of controversy about how this this pay per views come about with Saudi money and the controversy around surrounding blood money. Yeah, WWE's relationship with the country. Um, so we're not really going to talk about that. <laughs> we 
mean, I think I don't, just don't see there's any value in talking about Crown Jewel. It's it's a pay per view that seems, that just happens. It it doesn't really have a massive impact on the rest of the year. It's just there to make, you know show peace for them in in that region of the world and makes them a lot of money, a lot a lot of money. Uh, it's not for us, is it? Let's put it that way. No, I'm... Well, I didn't even watch it last year, so I doubt I'll watch it this year. If I'm going to be honest, I've not watched a Saudi or you know what was the other one, the one in Australia, Super, Super Showdown. Showdown. I've not watched any of those shows in all of its entirety, like the Greatest Royal Rumble. It's probably the I've one not I saw, watched any of them. The one I saw the most of. I've not watched any of them in their entirety, to be honest. I watched uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble one for um, intrigue because that was the first one. I was curious, and to be fair, that wasn't that bad. It was quite good. We definitely the best. At the we thing, couldn't so. watch last year's Crown Jewel because we were out, and that was when we discovered that Shane McMahon had somehow become the best in the world. Yeah, where were we when that happened? It was Keris's birthday, so we're at Claire's. It's been basically a year. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Oh, Jesus, that's long-term booking, isn't it? Yeah. Shame man. Um, then the last one I watched, because um, it was just... The convenient thing is it's in the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, so I watched that one and saw Goldberg try to murder The Undertaker accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this year, yeah, I, I don't have much of an interest. I'm busy on the Friday, so unless I watch it on Thursday, it's probably not going to happen. And a busy Saturday, so... Yeah. Yes. Um, so, I mean... They don't do a great job in making you want to watch, to be honest. No. I don't think they really... Care. I don't think they really care. No, you're right. Um, they get, what, like $30, $40 million a show? So Probably more. I don't, I don't know. I think it's $40 million a show for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. It's twice a year. That's 800 million dollars that they're making out of Saudi Saudi Arabian shows basically wow assuming they stick with two a year that's a lot of money um wow yeah you can understand why they're so desperate to put these shows on well they'll pay any old guy a couple of million dollars to come and have a be there yeah why is it though that when we get to these Saudi shows they always have a match with a stipulation that has a ridiculously long name that they have to repeat word for word mm-hmm. my main gripe and there's a couple my main gripe with this pay-per-view card is the tag team turmoil match which is the longest tag team turmoil it... match in order to determine the best tag team in the world that see that would be better but actually what it is is to determine the world cup for the best tag team in the world that doesn't make any sense you don't no. determine the world cup you determine a world cup winner but you don't determine a world cup I don't understand who wrote that and whoever wrote it America has never watched a sport. Yeah, Americans don't get a concept of other countries doing a sport. It's it's either it, they they have the World Series. Yeah. For teams in just America. Yeah, just uh, maybe just maybe America. Canada. So maybe, yeah, you're right. North yeah. America. So they don't have a concept of a World Cup can contain other nations. So they don't really get how it works. Yeah, it's not a world... It just, you don't call it a World Cup if it doesn't have some sort of affiliation to countries. Also, if they did the exact same thing in America, they wouldn't call it a World Cup. No. They had the World Cup tournament last year with um, singles guys to determine the best in the world. And yeah. was like, oh, this will be good. You can have so- someone from this country, someone from that country. And then it just had, what was it, 
six out of the eight from America. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a World Cup. They do infuriate us, don't they? It brings us on to today's topic. <laughs> it does bring us on to today's topic. So, since um, that's about as far as we're going to talk about Crown Jewel, to be honest, since um, we've seen draft in the last couple of weeks, there's been a big, big shake-up in the rosters for Raw and SmackDown. Um, we figured we'd have a quick discussion. Probably won't be a too lengthy one. About the current state of affairs in WWE, we did an episode last year sometime about the, the state of WWE. It was literally in like June. Was it? Yeah. This year? Hmm? Wow. Okay, <laughs> that's gone. That's taken... That felt like a long time. Yeah. That's what she said. Um, but yeah. No, she didn't. In, back in June, when what would we have been thinking about in June then? So I think Baron Corbin was in the main event, and that was probably what set like people stomping off. Stomping grounds and yeah. extreme rules, that sort of time. Stomping grounds, the pay-per-view where we kick ass and take names. <laughs> Fuck Michael Cole, man. Just couldn't take that seriously. Never take anything Michael Cole says. Not when seriously. he says it. Um, but it does bring, yeah, brings us on nicely to the, the, the current state of things in WWE. Um, you know... There's a lot of opinions about WWE a minute, and I think the creation and presence and so far pretty successful run of AEW um, has certainly heightened people's views on what WWE is, whether it be positive or negative, and it's heightened views about competition out there as well, whether it be AEW or Ring of Honor or NJPW or anything. 11th July. (laughs) Wow. State of WWE in 2019. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to do a state of WWE in the end of 2019. 11 episodes ago. All right, jeez. Anyway. So, I oh, mean... Oh, and I've got another one, State of WWE, on the 2nd of May. So... Well, it's just because I have to just do them. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. Um, so, guys, fours. On. <laughs> WWE. What's good? What's bad? What you love? What you hate? What really annoys you about what fans think? Because that—that's we could go on for hours about that one. Who wants to begin? Matt, you go. So what? What? What are we discussing? What we don't like? Well, I mean, give me your overview of where WWE are at the moment, and I mean, you can you can use the past as a reference point, or you can just say you know keep it in isolation. In your eyes, well, this era of WWE, where does it rank in the greatest eras? And how about, and just before we start, in order to avoid total negativity, for every negative point we make, let's make a point about something that is good. Because it's, good. it's the state of WWE. It's yeah. not how shit WWE is. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be an AEW fan pod, exactly. podcast. So, we got to talk about the things that Maybe we do we need actually like. branch out a little bit. <laughs> we should talk about the things we do actually like, otherwise the... Why do we watch it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, give me something. Give me, give me your view on where WWE is right now. Where, where in your eyes it ranks around? You know, not number, but just somewhere in the ballpark. And then also give us something positive and negative. So, where it ranks now is uh, not the best I've ever seen, but again, not the worst I've ever seen. I mean... So somewhere in that middle. It is somewhere in the middle. It's not... It's been on a bit of a downward spiral 
didn't, I would say about WrestleMania time. Which it is just not felt uncommon. like they did so much at WrestleMania. And then it seems like everything they did at WrestleMania, they just spent the last six, seven months just picking apart what they did. I.e. like the Kofi Kingston thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, tend to agree with that. So, and they've spent a lot of time building these Saudi shows up. To be fair, like I feel like it should be that this isn't like me being political or anything. They shouldn't be on the network. They should just be a Saudi show for the Saudi people. Well, so we like, don't we don't uh, get to see it on the network? You mean? Yeah, so it's just like a live event for them. Yeah. They can put on whoever they want, that's fine. They can have The Undertaker versus whoever they want, that's fine. Yeah. But just have it as a live event. Don't, like, interrupt, like, Raw and SmackDown and make us talk all about it. And then, like, potentially I'm not even going to watch it. Do you know what I mean? So the last, like, four or five weeks I've been like, Ugh. Like, I don't care if, like, Brock Lesnar's fucking Cain Velasquez. Like, it doesn't bother me. And actually, Seth versus uh, The Fiend really doesn't bother me because potentially they're not going to... Is it for the is it for the title? Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. So they're not going to take the title off of Seth Rollins because he's just gone to Raw. That's why I don't understand why they're continuing with this. Yeah. He's on a different brand. I get that maybe if Bray wins, you can just switch. Um, but they've... They've already introduced. They've already advertised um, for when they come to do Raw in London in a couple of weeks. That um, it's going to be Seth defending the title against Bray Wyatt in a steel cage. <laughs> Why? What? <laughs> I know. What is the point? So everyone's like, "Oh, thanks for the spoiler." Well, I mean, uh, but I don't know that they could. They like, could if Bray wins it, he that. could defend it. But yeah, it just doesn't like things like that don't make sense to me. Um, and yeah. If they're not going to have Bray win it, again, they've backed themselves into a corner where now they've gone, the match can't be stopped for any yeah. reason. So now he's going to have to lose. So now he's going to have to either lose, or disappear. win, or disappear <laughs> and basically run away. Run away. <laughs> like, it's, it's stupid. Because this is part of the reason why the fans are turning on Seth. Yeah. From, so, like, so back to the mania point. They... They did something which they never really do and essentially gave the fans everything they wanted in terms of they gave us Seth beating Brock, they gave us Kofi beating Brian, they gave us Becky beating Ronda all in one night. And the fans got what they wanted for once. And then after that, they didn't know what they wanted. And when uh, now they got what they wanted, they kind of realised that they didn't want it. They're moaning about... Seth becoming um, Seth being boring when he was having great matches every week. They moan about Kofi's title reign is boring. He should not be the champion. And then Kofi loses the title, and they say, "Oh, Kofi should still be champion." Yeah. And people are saying that Becky's not entertaining or whatever anymore. And yeah, things are slightly changed, but it's more the fans than than the product. Yeah. That's that's the problem in that aspect for me. So. One of, my, one of my main problems with WWE at the minute 
and I think it was very much highlighted at Hell in a Cell, was these pay-per-views where, like, like Hell in a Cell, like Money in the Bank, like, they have to evolve around these stipulations. Whereas mm. I'd much prefer it to have, like, back in the day when you had, like, an in-your-house. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... The thing doesn't mean anything. And then we could have a Hell in a Cell just randomly out, like, out of the blue. Like, you don't have to have it for a whole year. Yeah. And then it could just be, right, that's happening. I think people would be more excited by it. I think the way that WWE sees it is, um, especially now that they've been doing it for so long, um, why why should people turn into tune into ten or eleven normal no stipulation pay per views now when you know that you're guaranteed Hell in a Cell matches and TLC matches and Money in the Bank ladder matches and stuff like that elimination chambers. So why why should people tune into and that isn't that more, even more reason why they should spread them out? Well, I I agree in that if from a storyline perspective, having the the month of the year determine the match stipulation has never made any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, like you guys are in a rivalry, but it's October, so you must have a head on a cell. Match. It's your first match against each yeah. other? Yeah. Head on a cell. Um, but I think from in terms of pure intrigue, if you look at the calendar itself, mm. you go, well, TLC's in December. I should get some good matches there. Cause yeah, I get that. But, like, do people tune into pay-per-views without watching the main, like, the show week to week? If you've got... I feel that if you've got a good storyline going into a non-stipulation thing, what should it matter? But if you have a good, like, payoff at a pay-per-view then it can lead to more or it can be settled there and then. Yeah, which has kind of always been the way that wrestling's worked. Like, especially back in the, the Attitude Era, like, there were rivalries that went on years, really, on and off. I'm, I'm thinking Rock, Triple H, for instance, has a perfect example where they'd have matches. Most of their matches would then, on especially on pay-per-views, have a small stipulation there wasn't there. I don't think they ever had a steel cage Hell in a Cell kind of match did they the Rock and Triple H to just one on one um, but they had a, a Iron Man match for instance um, two out of three two out of three falls a ladder match they had at SummerSlam yeah. 98 oh, what was it fucking like a ball rope match strap match strap match yeah uh, that, was, that was terrible um, you know and probably others in there no disqualification match. matches would have been I said Lana match no, dis- no disqualification special referee matches would have been the norm you know but like they're small stipulations a hell in a cell is a massive one that's a massive match type uh, and they like, they I never was, got to that stage and yet I was we- talking with a lot of fans <coughs> last Wednesday at this event and like like we were talking about Hell in a Cell and we were saying you never anything that they do now like if they jump off of it or anything you're never going to get the same reaction that you did when Mick Foley did it and I get that I get that you never will anyway but it feels like they they have to try and do that every time they're in a Hell in a Cell yeah 
like they have to try and up the ante. They have to try and make it better than it ever was. The biggest, the biggest problem with stuff like that is um, these days, regardless of how big the stunt is and stuff like that, it gets forgotten instantly. Shane McMahon's jumped off the top of a mat, like a bigger hell in the cell than what Mick Foley did. Yeah. Twice. Navelio gets talked about. Just last year, Kevin Owens got chokeslammed off the top of a steel cage through a table <laughs> and within two weeks. And that was the month after being chokeslammed off the top of a giant ladder at Money in the Bank. And two weeks after oh, Raw. Yeah, that was two weeks. Two bumps in a row, wasn't it? And what? Poor two, KO. Two weeks after that? It got, it got gift for a couple of days, but two weeks after that, does anyone remember it? No. No. Um. So I think that's Hardy Randy Orton. Yeah, that, uh, I think that's just part of the problem in that a lot of the bumps people are taking these days on a consistent basis are a million times more spectacular than what we used to see. The amount of stuff we're getting, like people bumping on the but apron. They, table. But if they did this and, like I said, stripped it back, so that they're not taking these bumps week in week out on a Raw or on a SmackDown or on a pay-per-view, and then leave it for, like, something big. That's the problem. Leave it for a WrestleMania. Leave it for a SummerSlam. I just don't think that the fans these days have the patience. And I think the WWE, you know, for their own part, don't... They want those viewers. They want the. They they're all about like taking clips from Raw and SmackDown now, aren't they? Like putting them on YouTube to get yeah, like, the putting hits. them on social media. You know, something like Cedric Alexander jumping off the Titan Tron onto a bunch of people. People will watch that, you know, a couple million times. You know, not one person obviously, but um, you know, and that will get that will get views. Whereas if you say, oh, watch Cedric Alexander versus AJ Styles, that probably won't get two million views on YouTube. You know. Yeah. And. Um, as much as you know, they would have a really great match, and they have had really good matches over the last few weeks. That's just where that's just the way the world is at the moment, isn't it? It's it's that very small snippets of stuff because that, that's all the attention it's the that shortest, we've got. It's, yeah, it's the short attention span yeah. world that we live in, which is why I don't think if you were to put on like slower, more methodical matches that didn't have as many high moments and high spots and stuff like that people wouldn't be interested and they would then be less likely to get behind the characters. I think when you when you watch, when you watch like, Raw this week... matches don't age well, isn't it? Yeah. I think when you watch Raw this week, you hear the reaction for Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre throughout the match getting progressively louder and louder to the point where when he went to the top rope, the fans were literally coming out of their seat. Mm. If he wasn't wrestling the way that he was throughout that match, I don't think they care as much. No, I mean, I mean, I think there's a, a time and a place for for the the likes of Ricochet. Like Ricochet is great. He's he's brilliant. He's an excellent in ring performer. Um, but I would hesitate to call him a great wrestler. But he's an excellent sports entertainer. And you know, I think that people are trying very very hard to uh, get back to the wrestling days. And it's, you kind of just have to accept that it's gone. Like. You can be an excellent sports entertainer and still be great at wrestling, you know. Whereas before, if you were a great wrestler, that would get you very far. But now it's more like, are you entertaining enough? If not, then sorry, Why do you're not I... on TV. 
I'm sure there's some really great wrestlers on that lower, lower, lower part of the WWE card. I'm thinking Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, that sort of level. Who you know, great, great actual technical wrestlers, polished performers, but not great entertainers. Although the B team are quite funny sometimes. (laughs) Not mentioning those two specifically, but you know that sort of level. And so you see with Apollo Cruz. Amazing wrestler, amazing in ring, great and all that, but he's a charisma vacuum. Yeah, that's true. You're right. But I think getting onto that point, the in, the wrestlers these days, I think, are better than the wrestlers we had before. But it's the entertainers, like for example. That's a very good point. You're the right. Rock. Yeah. Stuff like that. Stone Cold, Steve Austin. If you were to stick them in the ring stylistically against a lot of the guys we have these days, mm. they'd get rings run around them. Yeah. But it's the the charisma and they get people's eyes on them and they they hold an audience captive. It's not what we saw with Stone Cold at the Raw reunion the other week. Mm. All they had to do was get in the ring and just cut a promo doing whatever it was that he would normally do yeah. and he held the whole entire um, arena in the palm of his hand yeah. which and then that's where I'd say that days. this is where the WWE has become very scripted <clears throat> and everything has to be down to a script I don't think back in the day that they were they were given guidelines to what they should be doing but they were never given I would never say Stone Cold was ever given a script yeah I don't know and I'm sure it, you know, I'm sure it has changed. And I think that's um, in part down to the change from a more mature product to a less or more child-friendly friendly product. Um, I think it's down to them wanting to be more polished as a production. Um, and I think they they hire these writers for a reason. They're, they're ho- a lot of them are Hollywood writers, you know, TV writers for for actual sitcoms and TV programs not wrestling which if you think about it is really the most unique thing on tv (laughs) because it's it's not a sport it's not acting and it's somewhere in that middle gray area where you think you know what else is there like this um, so you know you don't have writers for wrestling (laughs) and i think you do need scripts but they just don't need to be stuck to word for word. No, I find that's honestly my biggest gripe with, with wrestling at the moment. I find that WWE specifically. I find that if you can't just and go out there and say what they want, and especially a lot of the time, like not everyone can go off script. Yeah, people and would struggle. You get a lot of people. But is that this, a symptom this of is them a, not being used to this it? It's a big thing back in like the the nineties and eighties and stuff like that, where they didn't have scripts. And it made for really bad TV. Like, a lot of the promos would just be people shouting at each other, over the top of each other. You can't hear what anyone's saying because they're both speaking at the same time. It's what a lot of happened in stuff like TNA and that. People just constantly talking over each other. Uh, I know it partially makes it more realistic, but wrestling's the least realistic thing in the world. (laughs) So I'm, I'm all right with scripts. It's just... Yeah, I'd argue, I'd argue that that fact. Some of the... Some of the um, promos that people did back in the day were brilliant. 
Yeah, some. You get your guys that like yeah, your Rick Flair's and your Dusty's and stuff. Scripted, they're not all good. No. So you can't say that scripting is making it better. No, I haven't at any point said that. I just think that you need you need the structure because you're writing a, a three hour show. You're telling someone to go out there for ten minutes, for example. Yeah, but why which can't you give someone a bullet pointed version of it? Because some people aren't good at that. That's that's yeah, that's the so problem. So the people that are good at it don't give them a script. Give them bullet points. Let them deal with it themselves. And to be honest, I'm sure that's that's. I don't think every single promo you see every single week on Raw and SmackDown is 100% scripted. I guarantee they're all scripted. I think it definitely does. It definitely does depend. I think someone like The Miz, for instance, as we've saw with Miz TV this week. Miz is a perfect example. That wouldn't have been scripted. That would have been, these are the points you need to get across. Bailey, these are the points you need to make sure you get in. Becky's. There's no way that she's 100% scripted. Yeah, and I mean, I watched a, a, a promo between um, John Cena and Seth Rollins earlier, which was um, before their champion versus champion match. Mm. Um, and Cena, that was, I mean, that wasn't scripted. And John Cena, Roman Reigns. Yeah, well, they just said bitch all the time. Thick ass bitch. <laughs> I highly doubt anyone really writes scripts 100% for Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, I. Personally, it, takes Matt, a certain, I, per, it takes a certain type of person and yeah. it takes a certain level of trust to go out there and be like, look, these are your bullet points. Yeah. Don't bury your opponent, stuff like that. Yeah. And I just don't think if you were to... Like, obviously, memorising a promo is hard mm. and it's going to take away from some of the realism and some people aren't necessarily good at memorising and stuff like that. Yeah. But not everyone can ad-lib. Yeah. I, and I just don't I don't think but then should they be able to should that not be a prerequisite yeah I, I think, think it's a big thing they've got a performance in there do you know what I mean that should yeah. be where you are if yeah. you can't do that that's where you should be taking lessons yeah but then but what what if they're a really excellent wrestler but can can you really teach ad-libbing of course you can well yeah you can there's improv classes and things like that but I mean that takes them away from training to be what they're supposed to be best at, which is wrestling. Um, and I think it, it takes a natural charisma, doesn't it? If you look at the guys who are really great at this sort of stuff, so the Miz, naturally very confident and charismatic. The New Day, clearly naturally very confident and charismatic. John I'm Cena. Sure the New Day 100% stick to script every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Cena, for instance, very charismatic. You know, uh, even back in the day, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, um, Ric Flair, obviously, uh, very charismatic people. And it's this natural confidence and charm that, you know, really works well for them. But then you get on the flip side of that, people like, I mean, even Triple H to a certain extent, who, in my eyes, isn't the most charismatic individual, at least wasn't. Um, and he's the character that he played at the beginning was a heavily scripted character who, who did promos from, a you know, a mansion you know, on a set somewhere, you know. And it wasn't until he became unscripted that things started working yeah. for him. Um, but it doesn't it didn't come naturally. So I can't point to that many people on the rosters these days who I would think, yeah, naturally a very charismatic person. But is that because we haven't seen it or is that because that's just the way people are now? 
I don't know. I think you guys, like you mentioned, the New Day, you guys like the Street Profits. I was thinking, yeah, Montez Ford, for instance, not so much Angelo Dawkins. Yeah. Like, there are few people. There are a few people out there who can basically have have an answer for anything, essentially. Some other joke. Yeah. Um, Paul Heyman's could yeah. say anything, but it's 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 just not. It's a very natural thing, I think. I I'd, I'd struggle with it. Sometimes I'm on the phone at work and I'll freeze because yeah. I just don't know what to say. Sometimes <laughs> you just got a mu- you got muddle through and some bullshit. Anyone but you tell do you. that on TV and it's fucking awful TV. Yeah, yeah, but that's why you that's why there's a developmental. There should and there should be a developmental. No, I know, but you're when, taught when, that. when you're sending people out on the road 300 days a year, you can't just constantly be sending them back to Florida to go and talk. No, but that, that, that's why there should be. A, that's why there is an NXT. That, that's why you should be this at this point. Like if you're a brand new wrestler and everything, that's the way you should be going through it. And I think you get that with NXT at the moment. You get your Johnny Gargano's, your Tommaso Champers, your Adam Cole's. Everyone, most of the people down there, are very good on the mic. But I don't want NXT to then become. But they're all they're all experienced in indie performers, aren't they? Well, yeah, but I don't then want. NXT to become the Raw and SmackDown cast-offs. I'm not interested in that. No, that's no, a good point. But they should have already gone through that. Well, not everyone went through NXT, though. No, but but I'm saying, the new people that are coming in, that's how they have to do it. And they will become a lot more confident on a mic See, and Mike... do a promo. But there's nothing like doing it in front of actual people. Doing it in front of a class is fine. But like Ali mentioned, doing like Adam Cole and all those guys having done it on the indies. And that is why you send them out on a live event. But you, you just said stick them in Florida. Event. No, I kind, of, I kind of agree with Matt in that, you know, for, certainly for new, for inexperienced wrestlers, you know, ones who they pick up from tryouts who come, they definitely need to go through, and they do, they do go through the NXT developmental program with the promo classes before they even make it onto NXT, they go through all of that. Um, my my opinion on this is that it's the, those people who are going to be so restricted and almost institutional, institutionalised that they're the ones who won't make They're the ones promos. who will suffer because they have to stick to the rigid WWE structure. Yeah, it's the likes of Kevin Owens, Adam Cole, John Gargano, Sammy Daniel Zanes. Bryan, the Sami Zayn's of this world, who didn't stick, go the WWE way, who are currently the best promo, you know, deliverers. Yeah, in that, WWE. but that's what I'm saying is wrong with WWE. Yeah, definitely, it's something that they need to. That's work why on. they should pull back. They don't need to over-script people. I think that's what Matt's saying, um, but they definitely do need to guide them and they definitely do need to help them develop their acting and confidence to make them more likely to be able to deliver a great promo without all of the necessary guidance because now it isn't just about the wrestling and you can get by with a little bit of acting yeah people want it to feel real and and, and I think this probably is something that we'll all agree on a lot of it doesn't feel that real yeah yeah, you know, some of the best things. Even it's very, very small things, but like the feud between Sasha and Becky, when 
Sasha return and beat up Natalia and then Becky. There was something in that that looked, not that it didn't look like she was beating the shit out of Becky, but it looked like they really hated each other. Like when she clocked her over the back of the head with the chair. Yeah. Like there was an element to that that felt real, whether it is or isn't, you know, and the best feuds have been between people who you, even if they haven't, that you can imagine might have legitimate beef with each other. Um, the, the best one that I can that like, comes to my head is Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Yeah, even that, and I mean, there was no beef between those two whatsoever in their um, in their personal life or in their professional life. It was just all made to look real through their promos and and their actually mostly in their ring ring performances. Well, I think that's what. Stone Cold's speciality was definitely, and a lot of that comes from his in-ring style. But most, as a well, large part, just his general intensity yeah, as well. Would that would you get that same impression between that that feud if Stone Cold was a high flyer? Probably not. No. Even if he had the same attitude, if he was a high flying superstar who you know wanted to hit a shooting star press rather than a stunner, like but it just wouldn't. I think that feel the same. I think that. Obviously, the fans are considerably different now to how they used to be, and it's one of the the biggest divides in WWE. Is or not in WWE? One of the biggest divides in wrestling mm. is realism versus athleticism. Yeah, I'm of the opinion. I love, I love flippy shit. I love the pure athletic performance that guys can put in. That's one of my favorite things about wrestling. Do I wish it a little more real sometimes? Yeah, but I don't let it bother me, and I don't care if a non-watcher sends me a clip and be like, oh, you think this is real, bro? Like, I don't care about that stuff. Um, it's more, f- from my perspective, in terms of storyline things that that make sense. Um, like, I know it, it might not be the best example, but so we've had Sasha and, ba- Sasha and Becky hate each other so much. And Becky and Charlotte can't get along. And um, Charlotte and Bailey are feuding and all that kind of stuff. And then throughout the month of um, whatever they're doing, the Susan G. Komen stuff, um, there's adverts of all of the women in the ring cutting a promo, standing there next to each other, all smiling and happy and stuff. Yeah. I know it's an advert for, for breast cancer awareness and stuff, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stuff that bothers me more than if, um, if Ricochet decided to add an extra spin to a kick that he does. Yeah. No, and I get that. I um, and I think you need, it, those, it all depends. you need those different styles on a TV on a three-hour TV show. If everyone was wrestling formulaically, it would be pretty dire yeah. stuff. And it, it all depends on it as well because, like, one of the, the um, gift pages on Twitter the other week, I saw put out a thing. He says every time I post a gif of a Will Osprey match now, I turn off my notifications hmm. because I can't I can't deal with reading all the shit that comes through of everyone trashing it and then everyone to feel like you just. It becomes too much, yeah. So just don't post he just it. knows as soon as he's gonna, as soon as he posts something, that it's just gonna attract people being like, oh, "I don't like this, so I need yeah. to tell you." Yeah, <laughs> which is you know fair enough. Like, people don't like it. I mean, I personally see where they're coming from. I think Will Osprey and the likes of Will Osprey. So that includes a lot of people now. So I mean, Osprey and Ricochet are probably two of the biggest proponents of it, um, of a style, and more so probably Will Osprey and Ricochet over that of a style that I find unrealistic, but 
awe-inspiring at the same time. Entertaining, in my opinion. Would I go as far as saying I'm entertained by it? Probably not. I think if it's done in a way where not both of the guys in the match are like that, I think I'd find that more entertaining. I think if you have a style style clash in a match with, you know, like Drew McIntyre. Which is why Ricochet and Drew was good this week. That is what I find much more entertaining. But if you give me Ricochet Osprey, although I've seen a match from Ricochet Osprey and it was brilliant, but but I'm less likely to find that as entertaining because, you know, it's just it's just too much. You know, we're talking about bumps that people do. You know, back in the day a swanton bomb from Jeff Hardy was about the as much high flying you saw. A moonsault. Yeah, a, a moonsault from SA Rios or Lita was about as high flying as you as it got. And um and now that's that's seen as average. Bog standard. I mean, even Braun Strowman can do a splash off the top rope now, <laughs> apparently. But that's just how the athletes themselves have evolved and how the fans have evolved as well. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody really these days is interested in a big man who can't move. Yeah, because no, no you're one, probably right. No one wants to watch boring matches. I'm no sure, one wants I'm to sure see no one did in the first wrestle, place. Basically, is what you're saying. I'm sure no one wanted to watch boring matches in the first place. Yeah. But what was considered boring? Do you know what I fancy today? A really boring match. But what's considered boring now might not have been considered boring then, and also there wasn't the same amount of, of voices or the same um, platform for these voices to to voice how much they didn't like it. Yeah. So it must have been a lot hard, like, crowd reactions would have had to have been the way to determine how things are, and viewership numbers would have had to have been the way to determine how things are being received. Yeah. Whereas now, pop on Twitter and see that, I don't know, cancel Bobby Lashley is trending and think, oh shit, we should probably do something about that. Yeah, probably should. <laughs> do you think... Um... Not, that wasn't a real trend, by the way, that was just literally just something I made up. Do you think that we allow other people's opinions, like of those people on Twitter or other podcasts or even our own podcast if anybody listens to mould our own even subconsciously like if you enjoyed something like a little bit not massively you weren't massively up on it but you thought that was quite good I like that and then you go online and you see everyone's trashing it does that not then make us subconsciously go oh yeah it probably wasn't that good I think we're really well easily influenced by things where I'd rather piss someone off with my opinion than not be true to myself. Yeah, I think for for me personally, I not necessarily that I want to piss anyone off with my opinion or anything like that. But if I don't want to, if but there I'd is, rather piss yeah, someone off do. with my opinion. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Basically. <laughs> I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like. It's just as simple as that. Which is fine. I, completely fine. I find that I'm I'm more inclined to if if there's something if there's a match that I liked this week and everyone was trashing it, I find I'm more inclined to then be like I actually thought this was a really good match this week. Yeah. Because I think that would then encourage more people to either come out and say they did like it or to discuss why they didn't like it or then you can maybe have a discussion as to why it was actually a good thing, stuff like that. Like, I, for things that don't directly affect me, I was actually having a very similar conversation the other day. Like, With whom? Someone from work. Uh-huh. 
I don't necessarily think I have very thick skin. Yeah, like if some yeah. if so, if someone was to say something like, um, "Oh, that match you liked? That match was fucking shit." I don't care. But then if someone was to be like, "You're fucking shit," <laughs> then like if it's someone I know, not so much some random one on Twitter. If yeah. someone I know was to say something bad about me, yeah. then yeah, it would affect me. But some random stranger on Twitter in a different country disagreeing with my point about wrestling um, and that Baron, Corb- and Baron Corbin had good matches, um, it doesn't personally affect me. So I'm more than happy to put out an opinion that not everybody agrees with. But I don't do it in a way that I go unpopular opinion and then proceed to put a popular opinion just so that people will interact with it. <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> um, interesting. I just think I think a lot of people are very easily influenced. Here's an example of something I read, Sheep. and it was actually on Facebook rather than Twitter, which is, in my eyes, a lot worse of an, uh, an audience that you tend to get on Facebook. But um, the knee jerk. It's so it was a it was a post about Helen the Cell. In fact, it was slightly before Helen the Cell. It was something to do with Bray Wyatt. And a guy said, this is why I don't watch WWE anymore. I haven't watched it in years. They've already killed Bray Wyatt's character. How do you know? And it's and no one called him out on it. Everyone was like, yeah, he's dead. The Fiend sucks now. The, the Fiend's been ruined. Bray Wyatt's just a jobber now. And I thought, hang on. No one on this whole forum is clocking onto the fact this guy has said he hasn't watched WWE for years, but has seen bad reviews about things, and now and has made a jump assumption. Home that the fiend has been buried how do you know what the fiend is exactly so either there's there's two explanations one he's lying about not watching or two he's just let other people tell him what his opinion should be and that's what i think a lot of wrestling fans are suffering with at the moment it's i don't know sheep syndrome it's not a real thing (laughs) i might trademark it tm sheep syndrome tm whereby you you go online you think i haven't watched raw yet oh shit I've seen some spoilers oh well whatever oh that people are saying that was shit then you watch it and you go oh yeah that's shit but if you watch it first time maybe it wouldn't be shit I guess it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome in a way mm. in that no you, you know, no one's getting get... kidnapped <laughs> wait kidnapped <laughs> isn't Stockholm Syndrome where you like start agreeing and falling in love with your capture capital yeah I thought it, it was I thought it was when you basically um, you hear what you like you believe what you get told to believe essentially that's what I thought Stockholm Syndrome was well maybe it's kind of it kind of is because if you, you get if you've held captive for a long like time you only see what they want you to see like, yeah no, it's probably somewhere in the middle there but I thought it was to do specifically with capture um, but anyway yeah it's Sheep Syndrome TM that's what it's now called Whereby people Which just... I think, like a lot of AEW fans, were potentially probably WWE fans before, but they're being told, "Oh no, you shouldn't watch that. That's fake. That's rubbish. That's crap." And then they're like, "Oh yeah, it is, isn't it?" Yeah, this is so e- people are so easily influenced. That's why there are influencers in on social media because people can be so easily influenced. I think it's you know I'm. I think us three in particular are quite difficult to influence. We're a bit older, we're a bit more rational thinking. 
Whereas there's a but lot I'm of sure. people who watch wrestling who I know, are. I'm sure when you went <laughs> to uh, when you went to uni and you stopped watching wrestling, yeah, maybe subconsciously or actively, part of it was because of. Uh, People are going to think I'm a loser if I'm like, trying to make uni friends and uh, see me watching wrestling. Yeah, probably a little bit, but also I didn't have Sky. Oh. <laughs> it was the early or 90s as well. anything other than dial-up internet. So <laughs> it was not the early 90s. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, I had broadband, but it was shit. Mm. Um, I did see an, an interesting... Speaking of comments on posts and stuff, I saw an interesting comment on a YouTube video regarding The Fiend and regarding Seth Rollins burning the Firefly Funhouse down. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't necessarily 100% agree with it, but I thought it was a, a considerably more interesting than what they have done, which is ultimately nothing. Yeah. Um, well, it's on Friday. Was, it's on SmackDown, isn't it? The but I mean, this was this was posted between the Raw from when he burned it down and this week's Raw, so it's before this week. So they said they could uh, this could have been salvaged if they had immediately released a statement that Rollins was being detained for attempting to burn down the locker room. The explanation being what we saw on screen was just what Seth thought he was doing. On SmackDown or Raw, they released the actual footage of his breakdown. Mm. I kind of like that. Interesting story. And that is different and interesting. That could be real. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it without do, without him doing anything adds a level of credibility to the fiend mm. because he's completely fucked with Seth. Yeah. To the point where he's not involved. Yeah. And Seth getting done for criminal charges but then I mean so it does also then make Seth look a bit like a chump (laughs) it does but what I'm also thinking is why would we see that on the screen because you see how do we see inside Seth's 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 brain brain. answered the phone earlier Mercedes Benzies Mercedes Benzies I don't know I feel like you would have seen stuff like that like yeah you would you, you get cameras everywhere Cameras in, cameras in locker rooms, cameras in female locker rooms, <laughs> um, cameras in limos when people's heads are getting smashed through it unexpectedly, yeah. stuff like that. So, but they're just there because how, they how, think how is it? Why is there a cameraman in the Firefly Fun House? That that was my biggest problem is that Seth then found the Firefly Fun House. Yeah, that should have been somewhere that no one ever went. Yeah. Now what do they do? Because now surely everyone knows it's just a place backstage. <laughs> well. I mean, if Rusev can find Lana and uh, Bobby Lashley at a restaurant near the arena, then anybody can find it. Why were they even in Cleveland? <laughs> I don't know. And but, was it really Lana's dream? Her dream to, to go, go to, to a, a restaurant, restaurant in Cleveland? Cleveland? Yes, clearly. Clearly it was. Clearly. They lived in Nashville, right? Yeah. It's quite far away. Mm. So. Not down the road. She would, she would have wanted to pop out to that restaurant, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. Speaking of popping out. Lana man okay. <laughs> um, but yeah the, the, I just think going back to our original point or my original point about people being easily influenced it's so easy now to go and see an opinion on something to read a million opinions on it even if it's different to your own and then be turned into a yeah maybe they're right oh I've seen their point now yeah I think, they're right and there's I a big difference actually between actually happens reading. at the arenas as well yeah definitely so if someone else is booing it that's You're what, like, oh, should I, should I boo it? That's kind of what I was going to say. It's, it's you, All it takes is for one person to go, CM Punk! Well, yeah, I mean, don't get me started on that one. But, um, you know, it's, it's you know, chance starts sporting events because people, like one person starts it. That's fine. I'm never but, brave enough to be that person. But ever. opinions in, in things like wrestling, 
they're they're audibly you know you can hear them through the crowd making noises or not making noises as the case may be sometimes but booing for instance is something that starts with a person or a group of people and end up spreading and you're booing because someone else is booing you just want to join in we've seen ourselves there's times at wrestlemania matt for instance you spent the whole build-up to wrestlemania trashing kofi <laughs> and then kofi won the title at wrestlemania one of my and favorite you joined clips. in with the celebration which is great it one of my great. favorite clips from wrestlemania weekend is um <laughs> me after Kofi wins the title, me panning the camera to you two going, you deserve it. And then looking at the camera below. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which is, no, but that's great. That's, that's a positive change because you went along on that ride and that's good. But when it works the other way, where say you'd spent the whole time um, bigging up Kofi on the way to WrestleMania and then you got to WrestleMania and the guy next to you was booing him loudly and then you just joined in. That's that's the negative because that spreads and then that turns into louder boos on TV, which turns into oh they don't like this person, which then turns into well either we continue pushing them and they continue to get booed, i.e. Roman, Seth, John Cena, or we scrap things and move someone else into their spot when really they were probably doing a really good job. And WWE in the last fifteen years has found it so hard to be it their fault or not to create a universally loved babyface yeah really hard your Eddie Guerrero's Eddie Guerrero's Daniel Bryan's yeah AJ Styles it because one of the things that they struggle with these days is they'll pan the camera to a crowd when let's say someone like Becky Lynch is coming out Mm. and there'll be someone there cheering with a sign or whatever and someone in that same shot will be thumbs down yeah um and it yeah with the exception of like Daniel Bryan in recent years it there's hardly anybody that just everybody in the crowd loves yeah you're not going to get anyone who's booing them and I don't necessarily know what they do about that yeah. but I don't know if it's just some people like to be different just to shit on others yeah yeah and there's definitely an element of that with wrestling fans be like definitely like realistically what reason is there to boo Ali? Do people boo Ali? No, oh, but I'm okay. sure there's someone out there who'd be I'll like, dare they boo oh, my you like too. Ali? Nah, Ali's shit. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And it's... Like, I don't think he's shit, but then I don't particularly love him. That's fine. But you wouldn't But boo you him. don't have a reason to boo him. No, I don't think he's great, but then I don't like think he's absolute dog shit. Uh, to be fair, it would take a lot for me to boo at someone. I don't know if I ever have. Yeah, you are. I think the only from... time I did was when Walter won at TakeOver. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, booed, you were cried. devastated. <laughs> <laughs> now that was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> that um... whole event still haunts me. <laughs> I still haven't watched it back. <laughs> Aiden, you booed Roman Reigns once when Chris Joker uh, faced him at a live event. <laughs> I did. Um, I did f- f- fully not. Such a sheep. I did not plan on that. <laughs> yeah. I was re- I was recording Chris Jericho and he was in the middle of such a good promo, and all I hear is Derner. <laughs> for some reason, my natural reaction was, "Oh fuck off!" <laughs> but I had like I didn't mean to. It just happened. But maybe that is how I truly felt or feel. Maybe, maybe you did. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But yeah, if it wasn't in the middle of like a Chris Jericho promo, if he was just 
beating up Bo Dallas. <laughs> and yeah, probably wouldn't have done it. It's just bad timing. Bad, bad timing from Roman. Um, okay, but let's move on from that conversation. I feel we covered some ground there. I mean, we had a disagreement almost between you guys. So we... Um, you wanted to mention Bobby Lashley and Lana, didn't you? I did want to mention Bobby Lashley and Lana, yeah. Um, because people hate this story. And to be honest, I don't see why they wouldn't. It's It's badly written. It's badly acted at times, and it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so when so the, a lot of the time, the one reason, go on. A lot of the time that you um, that people, one of the things that people point to when they want they say what they want to improve about WWE is they will just say something like, "Get better storylines," or "Make better storylines," or "Make it more interesting," which, you know. As part of a wider criticism, it's fine. But in isolation, you think, what does that actually mean? You know, things are subjective. Everything's subjective in wrestling. You either like something or you don't like something or you think it was meh or you think, oh, that was brilliant. Very rarely do you get something that everybody agrees is great or is terrible. But maybe not so terrible, like Goldberg Undertaker, for instance. But, like, how do you improve what they've done? You know, rather than say, just give me a better storyline. Okay, Take an existing storyline and make it better. For instance, this storyline with Bobby Lashley and Lana. In what world does it make sense that Chris right. ever appears okay. on TV? I'm just going to quickly like go in here. Like for me, it, because they're a married couple, it makes me feel a bit like oh, this is because obviously they're not going home and like, going home separately, are they? I mean, I don't know why, don't, why don't they and what they should have done is built a relationship with someone on TV that are single or in a relationship that you don't know about because it's acting it's very hard build that relationship then bring in a Bobby Lashley to steal him or steal her or something or steal don't him do it's a married couple <laughs> Yeah, I think social media makes these storylines almost impossible. And to be fair to Rusev and Lana, they haven't been posting anything about each other. Yeah, for a long time. Um, but you know as soon as the story's over, they will. Um, even if it results in them on TV being split. Um, this storyline for me is a perfect example of when people say, we want the Attitude Era, Brack. Bring back the Attitude Era. This is the perfect example of this is... 100% Attitude Era trash that we would have got back in 1999 but also wasn't any good in 1999. This story wouldn't have been out of place back then but it still would have been shit. It would have been acted better for a start. But I don't, but I don't right. think... I don't necessarily know if it would. <laughs> Obviously it depends on the people. You could you could have people in it now that would act it better but I I think that a lot of people look back at the Attitude Era as a million times better than it was. Mm. Um, Personal style. Because at the time it felt really good. That's the the difference. It's it's amazing moments were amazing, but it also had a lot of shit like this. Yeah. That. Think back to the Gold Dust stuff, where he basically became the the man. Yeah. The artist formerly known as Gold Dust. You know, that was terrible, terrible stuff. PMS, yeah, with meat. Terry, what, were you in it? Oh, meat, <laughs> not me. Yeah, um, Terry Ronalds having um, a miscarriage. 
May Young, May Young giving Henry. birth to yeah. a hand. Terrible stuff. Valvine's getting his penis chopped off. But actually, when you look when you look back at it, it was really hokey stuff. But you think oh, that's quite fun. But now it happens, and everyone's like, "This is terrible." Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You can get away with more than you you could now. Yeah. X pack blacking up. <laughs> but just because you could get away with that then doesn't mean it's any good. Yeah. Just that, you that, could get away with that, it doesn't mean you should get away with it. That specific one was good. It was brilliant. It was really um, funny. But a lot of that stuff that we just talked about, big boss man, A, um, murdering Al Snow's dog and feeding it to him. And Ruining the B, Big Show's dad's funeral. Yeah. Got, running away with Big Show's dad's casket. Getting hacked who, at WrestleMania. His actual dad had literally just died. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting murdered at WrestleMania. <laughs> but not. Um, yeah, you're right. But, you know, specifically with the Bobby Lashley-Lana Rusev thing, like, in what world does it make sense for Lana and Rusev to return at the same time? But but also separate. Also separately, yeah. Um, why? And even if it does make sense, why would you do it like that? Why wouldn't you say, like, Rusev returns, Bobby Lashley attacks him. They have a bit of a feud, maybe even a couple of matches. It starts to get heated. Bobby Lashley reveals that he's been sleeping with Rusev's wife. Yeah, or just have some form of build-up. Have have Lana maybe cost Rusev a couple of matches and he gets pissed with her and maybe starts neglecting or she seeks comfort in the arms of another man or something. Instead, we have literally zero explanation. The only explanation we've currently got oh, is... He spends too much money back to Bulgaria. Yeah. And she didn't. he didn't take her to that restaurant. He, he's a good family man and he couldn't be asked going to Cleveland <laughs> to just to go to a restaurant when yeah. they live in Nashville. Yeah. What a bastard. What a twat, man. Uh, Rusev. <laughs> yeah, Rusev and Bob. It's just... It's not enough of a reason to start a story like that. The story could work fine. It I'm, could. This is the problem. Something... And again, it's something that has been constant throughout what we've been talking about. It could be really good, but the way it's written, it just doesn't make sense. You could use this... <laughs> This could be Rusev's like massive babyface story. Yeah. And when they had him in the ring with Jerry Lawler this week, and he was like, "Oh, this is just a rough patch. She'll yeah. come back to me." I was like, "Oh, they fucked it. Yeah, they fucked they, it. They, they completely fuck fucked it. it." Yeah. And then they at least salvaged it by having him. Yeah. Go and attack him away. But, at least but they, that that bit there was just no right. You know they completely assassinated Rusev. If he'd have been in the ring with Jerry Lawler and then just like sort of just choked up and then just walked off. Yeah, maybe. You have I mean, to say a word. I mean, it, that's more real, isn't it? Yeah, you know, if your wife is cheating on you with someone, visibly and flaunting it in front of you, you're going to be upset about it. You're probably going to be very angry about it, which I'm glad that they, as you say, I'm glad they went with the second bit, you know, even if it was a bit hokey. But, you know, I'm okay with that second part. It was it's just the origin of this story. It had no origin. It came out of nowhere. We don't have an explanation. And it doesn't seem like Rusev wants an explanation. Yeah. It's just, it's happened. Uh, hopefully it won't carry on. <laughs> and that's how, ironically, I think most people feel about this storyline. But you can't just not carry it on now because that is another thing that people will moan about. Yeah, because then if in a couple of months' time um, Lana's back with Rusev with no mm. explanation, yeah, it's, oh, why is this like... WWE are guilty of it, of expecting us just to forget a lot of the things that happen. Yeah. Um, they, do you know what the big, you know what the big payoff that this has got to be? Lana in a shark cage. Winner <laughs> wins her. <laughs> it better not be. Lana on a pole. 
Now that would watch. Been there before. Um, um, yeah, I, I, what is the payoff? Does so he eventually beats Lashley, but so what? We still lost Lana. I mean, and then you don't want to have the stipulation where winner gets Lana because in 2019 that's going to get WWE cancelled. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, here's one like very ambitious, very long term way that they could they could pay this feud off. Lana manages Bobby Lashley going forward. He wins the Universal Title. <laughs> Rusev wins the Royal Rumble. WrestleMania. Lashley Rusev for the title. That's like a highest case scenario. Yeah. But all we're going to get is. Lashley and Rusev a, will have a match. A, B, a B card pay per view. <laughs> B level pay per view. They'll have a match. Yeah. Someone will win. Then it'll never be talked about again. Yeah. Sounds more accurate, to be fair. You know, there's, there's ways they can salvage it, and this is right. the problem. We people because people talk about wrestling in such detail now, and we're obviously clearly guilty of that. And because loads of hundreds of millions of people can do that now with social media, um, you you can't just well, what am I trying to say? You can't just move on from something yourself without reading a million opinions about it um it's I've lost my train of thought <laughs> i had a point and it was there but i completely forgot it you've basically done a wwe story like yeah that. started out and then i realized you had no idea where you were going yeah exactly and then tried to continue with you didn't know what the payoff was gonna be <laughs> i didn't know what the payoff was gonna be you had no substance oh often a criticism I definitely had a really salient point and now I can't remember it. I'm sure you did. No, I'm really sure <laughs> you did. It'll come to me. I'll text you. <laughs> I, like, I like to believe that there's going to be an end product to it. Uh, Ali's going to wake up like at 4am tonight. Be like... It's like an Aaron Lennon run. I'm <laughs> <laughs> going all the way. Niche. Um, yeah, I... Like, it, I don't think it would take a lot to get me interested into the story. I'm more than happy for romance storylines. I don't think we get enough of. I'm more than happy for it to feel real. Just none of it feels real. It feels real. Right. And that's what we want, realism. But also I not. I want my stories to feel relative. Like, most of the stories, like, when you get your characters like The Fiend and stuff, you know that's not going to feel real. But I want my stories to feel real. I don't necessarily care that much about the wrestling feeling real. Yeah, that's true. Um, last question. Do you think that kayfabe makes it much more difficult to... Um, well, is kayfabe much more difficult to maintain these days? And do you think social media or even just the presence of you know people being able to demonstrate what they do in their private lives, i.e. be in relationships with certain people, makes it much more difficult to feel real? Should WWE just embrace the different relationships that exist and just include all of them in their stories? How long can you skirt around the fact that Alistair Black and Selena Vega are married, for instance? Yeah. I think... it's. I don't think kayfabe exists anymore. No. Um, like, yeah. Last week, um, Selena Vega standing side by side with Andrade who's going out with Charlotte while Zelina Vega called her one of the horse faces 
And Andrade's... I didn't even click. And like, Andrade's like, ah, yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he just said he was off. I'm going to get a shit kick on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying for that one. Fuck it up. So, yeah, like, should they acknowledge... If, like, because they seem, especially with... Uh, it's impossible to avoid with Total Divas now. They seem more than happy to mention Corey Graves and Carmella at every given opportunity. Yeah. Michael Cole. Becky um, Lynch and Seth Rollins. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Um... And yeah, just, it just seems to be when it suits them. Mm. And yeah, I think you don't, they don't have to be in storylines. They don't have to put Charlotte and Andrade in a storyline. No, they, they couldn't but totally leave that. don't have them act as if they're 100% total strangers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in their defence, they've never crossed paths on... No. But Zelina Vega shouldn't be able to insult Charlotte in front of Andrade and him just be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um it's just it is really hard when you've got something like Selena Vega and Andrade works as a team it's, it's great like they're really good together but there comes a point especially now they're on the same brand where you think at some point these two guys are going to have to clash in an actual meaningful rivalry and that's just going to be skirted around the fact that one of the competitors is married to the other competitor's yeah, manager because Andrade and um, Alistair Black will have a match and then later that night Zelina Vega will post a picture of her and Alistair Black in the car together going home to see their cat. Yeah. And that is very whereas, is very un Alistair Black. Whereas two <laughs> hours earlier, she's at the side of the ring going, kill him! Yeah. Or Hurricane Rana ring him. Yeah. Does Although, I don't know if they do that in their private life. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, I just find it it's an interesting question and I think um, it's almost impossible to ignore what goes on on social media when people choose to post the things they choose to post. And I'm not saying that wrestlers shouldn't be able to choose to post things from their private life that reveal who they are as a person. That's fine. But like as fans, how are we supposed to believe things when we see evidence to the contrary? And that that's the problem with wrestling in itself is... Is it a problem with wrestling or is it a problem with wrestling in the modern era? I think in wrestling in itself, the fans... It might be slightly different these days. But the fans essentially want to believe it's real, but know it's not. Yeah. But people who don't watch think that people who watch it think it's real. Yeah. Well, boxing fans, for instance. Yeah. Like, I don't know any adult who watches wrestling who thinks that it's real. Yeah. There is. I never once have. As a child... For a period, I thought it was real, but I felt like I cottoned on quite quick. And if you talk to I don't know, like nephews and stuff like that about it, they'll think it's real. But as soon as you hit your teenage years, you know it's not. So I don't know. I it's just a problem with wrestling in that some people want it to be real. But, nah. It's hard. <laughs> People want it to be real. We want it to feel real. We don't want it to be real. Yeah. That's all it is. But it just gets, in comparison to TV shows, an, an, an unreal amount of scrutiny and criticism that other forms of entertainment wouldn't get. Yeah. Because at no point does WWE pretend to be real. I don't know necessarily. They don't ever claim to be real. Exactly. Vince McMahon came out on TV in the 90s and said it's fake. I mean, he didn't. 
He's, he, ca- he did, essentially. He came out in courts and has had to say it's fake. That's true. In order to not be governed in the same way that sports are. Yeah. So I don't ever, like we said before, it's ever once see people moaning about EastEnders that the 10th death of the year isn't realistic. <laughs> 10th death in this one little square. Yeah, I know. Why people die in that? I know. I don't know why anyone would move their house prices. It must be terribly low. <laughs> I don't think down the road from me. Oh. <laughs> it might spread. We'll for Phil Mitchell with a gun. Again. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get hold of a gun? But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough being a wrestling fan. It is tough here, isn't it? I mean, we could just switch to AEW and then all our problems would be solved, right? <coughs> no, they wouldn't be. They're going to have the same issues and they're going to have the same problems and people eventually will cotton onto it and they'll just hate the problem. The problem AEW have got is they're brand new. They've only been going for how many weeks? Like, they're putting on great like, Wednesday nights, but they're going to have to be at some point where they're going to have to have some dog shit. Yeah, and, and they already have. They already have been a little some, bit. Some, like, there was a match this week, wasn't on the um, weekly show. I think it was, it was on Dark. Dark. Yeah. Um, Nyla Rose and this other woman, I can't remember her name. It's fucking awful. Um, and with AEW, it's. They want to. They keep saying they want to be an alternative and they want to be doing things different to WWE, but there's only so much you can do different. Yeah, exactly. It's there's still not so wrestling. there's not like yeah storylines and stuff like that, but in terms of the the product, there's not a massive amount you can do that's hugely different to what WWE do. Yeah. In my opinion, there's obviously little things and the things I like stuff like win loss stats and stuff like that. Um, but how long do they keep that up for? Exactly. Like, does it ten reset years every down year? the line? Did they say, "Oh, Cody Rose has won two hundred matches and lost"? 80. Or do they then just say, like, record in 2020 or yeah. record in tag matches if he's coming for a tag match, something like that? I don't know. Do they have seasons? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously they're not doing the kind of the house show thingies. That's obviously different, but that's not a TV difference yeah. that you're going to see. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they're supposedly doing the no scripts thing. So we'll have to see how that goes because I'm sure we, we'll get some good stuff. We'll get some really good stuff. What, Jericho's promo, for instance? And I'm, so, I'm sure we'll get some shit. Because that would just happen anywhere. Um, I like a lot of the backs, not backstage, but like the pre-tape things they do, especially when it comes to around Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he had a really good one with, um, building up to his match with Chris Jericho on last week's episode. Um, essentially saying how he's like shut off from the world. They had like they had Brandy Rhodes talking, they had Cody's mum talking, they had DDP, they had MJF, all just talking about. Um, how much he needs this and all this kind of stuff and you just knew that when he's going to get to this stage he's going to shut off from all this kind of responsibilities and that so it's all cool it's good and it's different um, and it makes it feel more real and I think JR helps with that a lot yeah. but um, yeah I just have to see how it goes because I don't I don't think they can be that massively different I, I agree I don't, I don't see how they can be that different it's still the same I don't want them busting fan out a six-sided base. ring. <laughs> no. It's the same fan base, essentially, isn't it? You know, you've got ex-WWE fans, mainly, 
who are attracted to AEW. Or people gonna... who say they don't watch WWE but actually do yeah. so that they can show on it. Yeah. I mean, they must well, the thing that made me like, really how, like the cheap thing again, was when everyone was saying, we the people, and then Jericho cut it off, everyone was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. really bad. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That is a prime example of what I'm talking about. But yeah, you were A, all literally just chanting it, yeah. and B... Jake Hager does it in his UFC fight, so I was <laughs> reckon he was standing there being like, oh, cheers, Jericho. <laughs> Just buried my career. I was going to do that, that a week ago. <laughs> got t-shirts to sell. Yeah. yeah, there goes my merch sale. It's fucking hell. Um, I can't... Stick with I, this in a circle shit then, shall I? Yeah, I can't wait for AEW to do something bad and Seth Rollins or whatever to, to say, oh, there's a terrible idea from bad creative on TV. <laughs> but, yeah. Did you hear Seth Rollins, um, people have been having a go at Seth Rollins for what he said about Kenny Omega this week? I didn't hear what he said. I think, he, I, think I heard him say that they're the minor leagues. So basically, he was asked a question in like a, conf- a fan conference kind of thing. Yeah, someone, like a Comic-Con kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and someone had said, um, essentially, do you see a bigger match right now than you versus Kenny Omega? in the main event of Wrestlemania yeah he was like well you kind of said it right there um, as soon as Kenny's done playing in the minor leagues down there and going to the big leagues where he can have the best matches in front of the most people and make the most money in the main event of Wrestlemania yeah and what was he supposed to do not answer the question just say well there's many matches no I'd actually much rather face Baron Corbin <laughs> No. You could take the approach of the guy on Twitter and be like, I can't believe you've asked me that. There's so many more matches. <laughs> but I'm not even going to list gonna one. Them. not going to name any of them because there's too many. <laughs> or does he call the company, company line and be like, um, actually, if you tune into WWE Network next Thursday night, I'm facing Bray Wyatt. <laughs> but on the same hand, if it's because it's all the AEW people that are kicking off about it. Yeah. If, if Jericho just came out and said, well, if Seth Rollins wants to come down here and wrestle with actual wrestlers, rah, 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 they'd lose their fucking shit. Because Kenny Omega made a comment the other week about NXT being just developmental and the minor leagues. Everyone was like, yeah, it's true, yeah, they are developmental, yeah. But AEW being called the minor league, no, it's not. We've had four whole shows. <laughs> Did anyone see the Randy Orton post the other day, by the way? No. Did you not see it? Oh, he took tweet, he posted something and then tagged Jericho and Cody in it or the Young Bucks or something wasn't it yeah so he took a picture talking about elite the elite level yeah he took a picture of himself with a sign and that says elite with the um, caption TikTok TikTok oh yeah with with the, the revival as well with who added Scott Dawson Dash Wilder Luke Harper Riddick Moss Cody Jericho and Elias yeah and Jericho responded saying send in a tape and send some pics and I'll see what I can do yeah um but Randy's contract apparently expires at the end of 2020. Mm. I'm 100% sure it's Randy just trolling and not yeah. giving a fuck. But everyone's been like, Randy's going to AEW! Not a chance in hell. When are they not going to live off ex-WWE wrestlers? When Jericho retires. <laughs> and then they've got Sean Spears and Cody. Cody yeah. Gold dust. Who I'm going to maintain him as gold dust. Yeah. And then they've got JR on commentary yeah. and Justin Roberts as the ring announcer. Yeah. And Jack Swagger. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Swagger. And I'm sure someone else. I'm sure there's more. They had Jazz. 
And Taz. And Taz. Jazz what and tag Taz. team name that would be? <laughs> um, yeah. No. I don't know. I, I don't want to trash AEW too much because they, you know, they put on good wrestling. Yeah, it's been good so far. I'm more than happy for them to coexist beside each other. Yeah, it's just the fans. It's always if, the fans. If both shows can put on the best shows that they possibly can and I can watch them all, it'd be great. Yeah. I don't want either of them to be shit. Why would I want to watch something that... Why would I want something to be shit? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So... If I'm being honest, I haven't watched... Apart from highlights, I haven't watched an AEW Wednesday night yet. I've seen two and a bit of them. I didn't see the end of the last one. I've only watched the highlights, which like, are on Facebook and everything. It's, um, it's moved, by the way. The UK Times moved. Has it? It's now on Fridays at like 11 o'clock or something, full two hours. All right. Still on ITV4. Yeah. That's what I was told. I haven't checked, but verified. I've watched it on TV, though. I've just, just watched it on TV. No, right. But <laughs> I feel like I'd probably be more likely to watch it if I series link it. Yeah, probably. Even if it is a few days late. Yeah. Anyway, I end up watching it a few days late anyway, so I don't know why I'm bothered about it not being live. But hey-ho. Got to make sure I've watched both SmackDown and NXT and NAEW by the time the weekend's done. Crazy, man. Crazy. I haven't watched NXT, actually, in the last couple of weeks. Probably should do that. Yeah, it's been alright. Champ is back. Like, yeah, wrestled this week. Yeah. Did you watch the documentary on him? No. I'm yeah, not I did, yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is amazing, and you just. Oh, fell in love with the guy. Well, it, there is there's chron- no way that you. Can, it. It's not a chronicle, it's just a. It's, it's just a, a, a documentary. It's a one-off. It doesn't have a name. Um, yeah, there's no way that he could be a heel after that. Yeah. Um. I find NXT's title seem really interesting at the moment. I also watched a couple of weeks ago Goldberg's Chronicle. Yeah. Starts from the build up to the Saudi show to the day of SummerSlam. Yeah. They they conveniently skip out the uh the bit where the bits where he tries to kill Undertaker and has a terribly a terrible match. And himself, yeah. Um It goes from the end of that match to Six weeks later, <laughs> just that like I was, I was, I, sh- I was sure there was going to be some fallout from him talking about how, how disappointed he was and how he has to come back and make it right or whatever. But it was just like, oh yeah, back here again. Yeah, they called me up and said I want to do something at SummerSlam. So yeah, here I am. <laughs> I feel that he's someone who could not take criticism. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a, he's fixed. He's thin-skinned like me. Thin-skinned. They showed his altercation, well, altercation, but his um, meeting with Matt Riddle. His meeting with Matt Riddle, which is very funny. Yeah, I saw that. Just, and also, it, I just love. It reminds me of is the fact that Matt Riddle has a really great um, recollection of it when he tells the story yeah. about what happened. It was, it was word, for word, word for word. To be fair, it was yeah, an hour, like, like <laughs> yeah, it was the same day. But like, he was really honest with it. He said exactly what happened. Yeah, a lot of people would change it a little bit. I, I just, guess maybe he saw it. I just love how he just doesn't give a shit, bro. <laughs> just like hey. Just his opinion. You don't like it. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. See you later, bro. I'm not your bro. All right. Have a good day, bro. All right, you too. I'm not. I'm not your bro. <laughs> it was so awkward to watch, but I just loved the fact that Matt Riddle in his head was just having so much fun. It must be quite cool to be married because you can be a dick, but also and then beat the, the shit out of anyone. Beat the shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Goldberg will be strong, but fuck it out. Matt Riddle. 
Uh, anyway, so yeah, thanks for a little chat, guys. It's all right. Yeah. That's what we're here for. I mean, you did come round to my house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't come down for a reason. Get around the first thing you did was and made a did, drink. And you did phone me. Yeah, that's true. We did. Well, I did. Aiden did. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at the underscore PWP. Uh, also, remember, you can now listen to us on Spotify, as well as the normal Apple, SoundCloud, etc., etc., to search for the PWP. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for listening. And hopefully, I believe there's no reason why we wouldn't. Well, probably, yeah, probably will. See you next week. <laughs>